The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about the show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. All right, happy Monday, everybody. I'm your host, Janine of Get the Funk Out, and I have a very special guest on this morning. I'm going to pull up his bio. His name is Brian Golden, and he's an author and motivational speaker. He's my special guest today. He's going to talk about holiday spirit and more. He's listed in Who's Who in America as a recognized self-development and motivational expert and speaker. He's an author of Dare to Live Without Limits and highly rated adjunct professor. He's noted for his concise, easy to understand, and direct style of communicating. He ex- has an exceptional ability to distill any principle to his essential elements. Brian's popular nationally syndicated weekly co- newspaper column, Dare to Live Without Limits, has been published since 2002, and the column is avidly read and elicits a steady flow of comments from his followers. Please welcome Brian Golden. Hi, Hi Brian. Hi, Janine. How are you? Very good. How are you doing today? Good. Did you hear my little stuttering? I was trying to play PSAs. Everything was like stuttering along. I don't know what was going on. No, you, you, just, you just came on. Okay, beautiful. Uh, before we go into your great advice on holiday spirit, I do have to touch on the tragedy, obviously, in Connecticut. I'm from Stanford, Okay. I believe is about 20 minutes or so from where this happened in Newtown, Connecticut. And I have to say, you know, I've been watching the television and listening to the radio, and um, I have to turn it off after a while because it's I'm a mom, and it's completely overwhelming, and I just can't fathom the whole situation. It's, it's so tragic, and I have spoken to my own kids about this um, in some detail about what happened, um, but do you have any advice for people that, you know, are dealing with this? The only advice that I would have is that there's no way to understand what what these parents are going through. Yeah. And all someone can do is be there for them, offer support, uh, just share their love, because there there is no way to understand what happened. Yes, yes. And, and there's... Nothing that we can do to make the pain go away right. or to accelerate the healing process. Each person goes through what they go through. And excuse me, you and I had talked about this. You know, I heard that the the shooter had Asperger's. And, I, you know, I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, now all people have Asperger's or wackos. Right. You know, that's ridiculous. We don't know the right. backstory of this guy. Nobody knows what, what was going on inside his head. And... It's, the whole thing is just so painful. So, you know, I, I, it, what, what happened is it caused conversation with my own children because I'm always trying to put things in perspective. You and I talked about this, that I was saying how it seems like the, there's so much technology and everything's so fast now and kids want the latest and greatest. And I want my kids to understand that there's more important things than getting the latest iPhone, you know? That's right. And... There's so many people that have nothing, you know, whether they're having their parents have financial or emotional or physical problems right now or have gone through this horrific thing in Connecticut. I want them to understand they're so blessed and we all have to be very, very, you know, grounded right now and hug our kids a bit, little bit longer and just focus on how fortunate we are. This is this is just horrific. So exactly. All right. Let's turn to, you, you have a very um, 
interesting uh, bit of advice to share about holiday spirit. And I love what you had to say. Why the, well, the question is, why the best gifts aren't for sale? Tell me about that. Well, the best gifts aren't for sale because the best gifts are giving of yourself. Yes. And it's giving of your time, your love, your consideration, being there for somebody, giving a helping hand without being asked. And when we do this for someone, I think we make a memorable impression, and it can only brighten someone's day. But it can be a life-changing moment, especially when, when someone is, is in need of support and love and kindness. Uh, and sometimes people start to think that no one really cares. Yes. And when you show that you do care, um, the effect you have on someone is, is really uh, indescribable in a positive sense. And this is something that should not just be thought of about during the holidays, but this should be a way of life for all of us, for all of us to think about other people rather than just thinking about, oh, what's in life for me? What is it that I can get? Right. And the more people that do this, it creates a, a very positive cycle mm-hmm. where we help someone and they in return can help others. Right. Well, I did notice I was having a conversation last night with my daughter. She just wants time with me. That's that would be the greatest gift for her right now is if she could just have more time with me. And it's hard, you know, I'm busy and but I do that's something I really need to do is everybody in my family wants me. It's like I'm being pulled in so many directions, but it's very important. It is, and it's a good thing that people want to spend time with you because yeah. that means you're doing things the right way. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, but it's true, though, especially, you know, when, um, you know, one or both both parents are working and, and it's important to be able to take, provide for the kids. But it's also important to know that, you know, we can buy them gifts, we can get them what they want, but what they really crave, as you just mentioned, and you've heard this from your daughter, yeah. and you're certainly not unique in this, is that... Um, this is what many children want. They want more time with their parents. Mm. So we have to keep it in perspective. And the perspective is the things that we're doing, some of the things we have to do because we have to earn a living. But then there are other things that we have discretion over. And it could be social things. It could be things we want to do for ourselves that are fun. And we have to put that aside and say, hey, is this taking away from my spending time with those people that are really craving my attention? Right. I know because... Most people, you know, I, I was actually looking at something online. Um, there's somebody I know who lost her husband to cancer this past year, and she posted on Facebook. She said, I'm about to give my daughter the, the best gift that she's wanted all year long. She was driving hours to go see her just to spend time with her. She said, that's all she wanted, just for me to, to go get in the car and put all my work aside and go spend time with her. And I think we all need to put that in perspective this time of year. Yes, if we think, all think back to our childhood, what are the, the important memories we have of growing up? I challenge anyone in your audience to say, oh, I really remember that toy my parents got for me, mm-hmm. or I remember that game. The things that we remember are those special moments that we spend with our families and with our parents, and special things they've done with us. And I think it's so true, and it's certainly timeless, and you mentioned even with the ever-constant barrage of technology. Mm-hmm. We're still people, and human nature is that we crave attention, and we crave love, and we crave being accepted, and we want to be part of our, of our families. And that never changes. That, that's certainly timeless. 
And so to keep that in mind and not be dissuaded by all of the advertisements in the media and all the pitches for the latest and the greatest this and that, we make our families through the quality of life that we give them. Right. No, I agree with you. There was, a couple of years ago, we went to um, Santa Ana, an area here in Orange County, and we helped feed the homeless. And there was a level of discomfort at first. You know, we might, we've never done this. My kids were a little uncomfortable. But, you know, after a few minutes, there were just so many people, and they were so thankful. And there were kids, and, and we, we brought clothes, and we brought toys. And afterwards, they were saying, when can we do this again, you know? And it's, it's just it's, really important. It's a great thing to do, and it, it, it's certainly a great thing to teach your kids. Because one of the things that you're showing them is what an impact you can have on another person's life. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but how good that each one of us feels when we help someone. When you can bring a smile to someone else's face, that's invaluable. There's nothing that even comes close to that. That's right. And in terms of, you know, giving and helping other people, as I you know, mentioned a few minutes ago, this is something that maybe we think more about during the holidays, but it should be a way of life. It's not the homeless don't just need to eat on Christmas I know. or Thanksgiving. Um, and people who are less fortunate than us, you know, have needs year-round. So a spirit of giving and a spirit of compassion um, is something that is really so important to instill in, in children and let them know that this should be a way of life and, and not a, a seasonal thought. Or action. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's like my daughter had to do a community service project, and when it was over, we're still doing it. We're still visiting this elderly woman in a retirement home because we didn't just have to fulfill our quota of hours. We, she made a friend. It's like having another grandmother, and it's, it's important to, you know, build those relationships and to, you know, have kids do other things besides you know, whatever they do. You get on the computer, YouTube, play with their phones, we, you know, do something a little bit more meaningful. Yeah, and that's a great thing, you know, going down and visiting people that, you know, in a senior home or a nursing home. Because unfortunately, many of these people, they, they're they not getting attention from their kids that they really need. Right. And when you can go, and they, they love having company, and especially visits by children. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, I mean, it, it's just a gem in their week. And the more people can do that, I think that is such a fantastic thing, and, and everybody benefits. Our seniors love that, and it's a great example for the kids on really how we should be treating others and that other people are important, and it's not just all about, you know, me or I. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, how can a gift start a chain reaction? Well, we've all heard the concept of, of paying it forward, mm-hmm. and this is a, really a, a great concept, and that is, if you do something for someone, whether it be a time that you do that you give it to them, or love, or consideration, or even something you might buy for them, when you make someone else feel good, guess what? The people that come into into contact with them are going to experience that. Yes. So it radiates this positive energy. So you help someone, they feel good, you feel good, and everybody else that comes into contact with them and you feels good. So we start basically. It's it's a web chain reaction of helping people and having this positive energy emanate out in, into the world. Okay. Yes. You know, I can really agree with that because I've actually been out uh, with my kids actually one time and I didn't have a coupon for something and somebody turned around and gave me something. 
And then I was in another store and someone didn't have something literally the next place. And I gave them something. And they, yes. were, they were shocked. <laughs> and then that's exactly it. To do something that you don't have to do, that the other person doesn't expect, but everybody goes, wow, this is really cool. Because you felt good when you surprised them in a positive way. Mm-hmm. They were impressed. And the more we can do that for other people, it's just it's such a, such a great thing. Yes. Do you limit, I'm just curious, do you limit the amount of time you spend on the computer and emails and all that? Or do you sometimes you get just totally caught up and hours go by? Well, for myself, I, I use the computer as a as a tool for, for my work. And I don't find that the computer emails or texting is a substitute for interpersonal mm-hmm. communication or interaction. And uh, I, one of the things I do is I'm a, uh, I'm a professor, and I see the kids, as soon as they leave the classroom, everybody's texting on their phone. Mm-hmm. And no one's talking to each other. And it's a great form of communication when needed, when appropriate. But I'll tell you something, nothing beats picking up a telephone or seeing someone in person and just talking to them. Oh, I know. And, and I think it's unfortunately, even with all the cell phones in use today, I rarely see someone talking on it. Right. And I like to hear someone else's voice, and I know that they like to hear mine. And I think that's really important to keep in mind because I think too much of that is being lost. And it makes things impersonal. And we don't get to hear someone's tone of voice. We don't get to hear sadness or joy or to talk to them and how is your day going. And we're, we're speaking, we're almost communicating in these little mini sound bites of 140 characters. And we're losing something that's very important, and that's just the human aspect of life and that, that connection with someone else. Right. No, I, I, I agree. You know, there are times when I'm, I get completely caught up on things and... You know, I'm spending too much time on the computer, and I just have to walk away. It's it's almost like we need to take a day or two and just not, you know, make a pledge. I'm not going to get on the computer. I'm not going to do emails. By the way, we're talking with Brian Golden, and if you have questions for him, you can email them in to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at K-U-C-I dot org, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out. Um, you had some other great advice, holiday spirit. I mean... How, you know, do you have any advice for kind of keeping things, keeping people out of a funk this time of year? Absolutely. One of the reasons I think that people get into a funk, and it's kind of ironic because, you know, when we watch TV, we see this perfect holiday season, a time of great joy. It is also a time where people experience sometimes more sadness and depression than other times of the year. And, um, and there are, you know, several reasons for this. Sorry, hold on. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you still there? Yeah, we had a caller, but it was nothing. Go ahead. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, so one of the things to keep in mind is that the things that we see portrayed in the media in terms of advertising, um, you know, these, these are you know, configured to show us the perfect family, perfect holidays, perfect situations. Mm-hmm. Life is not perfect. Right. We all have issues that we have to deal with. And the issues that we have to deal with don't magically don't vanish uh, during the holidays. I know. So the thing to remember is uh, it's a time when we can have an opportunity. We have some time off from work. We're going to get together with family and friends. Use it for that. Don't think, gee, you know, I have all these problems. Everyone has problems. No one has a problem-free life. Even the people that look like they're having a problem-free life, they may have all the perfect materialistic trappings, but very often 
right below the surface, they have the same problems as you and I. That's right. So don't look for perfection. Don't look for everything to vanish in terms of negative. Just say, hey, you know what? I have a chance to spend some time with my family or friends Mm -hmm. or maybe just have some time off from work. You know what? And that's a good start. And the other thing is, I find you, you sometimes you just have to pamper yourself. I mean, it's normal to wake up and go, you know what? I'm not feeling so positive today. And you, you don't have to get so down on it. It's normal. I mean, I call this, I talk about this show as, you know, life is a crazy roller coaster ride filled with ups and downs. And people get in funks. And we can learn from each other's ways of getting out of them you know, because whether it's exercising or taking classes, I mean, I years ago I took a pottery class and it was a great way to vent, you know, throwing that clay down. It sounds ridiculous, but it was, and it was interacting with new people and just getting out there and tr- and trying something maybe you've always wanted to do is a great thing too. Oh, it is. It's, it's very important to treat yourself well. And it's not selfish. No. It's not selfish to be okay. And it's not selfish to feel happy. But the thing you said I want to touch on is that we all wake up in a funk sometimes, mm-hmm. getting, you know, getting up on the wrong side of the bed, so to speak. And one of the best ways to try to counteract that is in your own mind to have a list of all those things in your life that you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. for. Um, and we all have so many things that we are thankful for. And if people are hurting for what to start their list with, it's that they woke up today. Because mm-hmm. there are some people that don't. And build on from that. And don't focus on what's not right in your life. Focus on what is right. And using this technique, we can develop a, an attitude of gratitude. And by going through this mental checklist all the time, not just when we're feeling down, but especially when we're feeling off, mm-hmm. this will help us feel better. Because you say, you know what? I can keep things in perspective. It's not as bad as I thought. Look at all of the things I have that I have to be thankful for. And this is one secret of really getting through days, getting through tough times, overcoming challenges and obstacles. It's maintaining a constant attitude of gratitude. I like that. Attitude of gratitude. Off. I'm sorry. I like that. Attitude of gratitude. I mean, you really, you, there's so much to be, you know, thankful for. There is. And as, as we start off our conversation today, um, many people in this country especially, you know, take things for granted. And if we look at, you know, other places in the world where they have literally abject poverty, you know, just grinding hardships, you know, even some of the worst-off people in this country are still better than 90% of the other people on this planet. Mm -hmm. And we have to keep that in perspective and um, use that to not say, what is it I don't have? But look, what is it I do have? And look how much I do have to be thankful for. Right, right. You know, I, I mention to my kids sometimes, you know, your aunt and uncle don't have a TV. They live in Alaska. And they're like, really? I, you know, and they're perfectly happy without a TV and technology and all this stuff. I mean, they, they do emails and things. But they're not constantly, you know, watching television the way we are. They don't have it. They don't miss it. They're outdoors, you know. They read. <laughs> they read books. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I remember, you know, growing up and our, our big event was, you know, being able to go outside and play. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I grew up, we didn't have, certainly they didn't have all the technology that we have today. Yet we still had a high quality of life. Where did you grow up, uh, by the way, Brian? I'm sorry? Where did you grow up, on the East Coast? I did. I grew up um, about uh, an hour and a half north of New York City. Okay. So, you know, I was in, in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, learning to say, you know, what what's... 
what do you have to be grateful for? And we grew up in, you know, I know myself and my brother, we had a couple of toys. We didn't have a, a toy box full of toys. And mm-hmm. we'd go out and we'd, we'd be creative. We'd play with a stick, yes. some string, you know, right. and we used our imagination. And even just reading, uh, growing up and being in school and waiting for our, our book order to come in from the Scholastic Book Club was, yes. uh, you know, a big event. Yes. And I think this, the, you know, people, young people today especially have to realize it's not what they have, it's who they are right. that will determine their life. Yes. And how they treat others right. and how they think about the world around them. These are the key things because um, obviously people have been around a lot longer without technology and with technology. And there have been a lot of happy people in the world. And there have also been a lot of unhappy people in the world. So it's not based on what you have. It's based on how you think and who you are. That's so true. You know what I think would be great? You're making me think that it'd be nice to have like a weekend retreat for adults and also for kids where they go back to s- simple times like, you know, I want you to create a game out of this box, this empty box. What would you create? You know, my daughter would create like a robot, you know. And even for adults, we forget how to play. We forget how to be creative. Um, you know, we just, we need to back it up a little bit and stop thinking so much about technology and work and you know what I mean like just relax and get a little more grounded you know and that's a great a great concept you know it's something people can do every day and I think one of the things that our culture is losing is the family dinner hour mm-hmm. where every you know at, at dinner the way everything gets turned off people sit down they talk about their day they talk about what's good what problems they have what challenges they face and they spend some just time together talking right and understanding and feeling mm-hmm. and it's a great time to share and to teach lessons because one of the things and I know we've been talking about kids and I think that's a great topic is as a parent you are basically an idol for your children they look to you mm-hmm. they look to you to set the example and the things you say what you do how you treat others they're watching you like a hawk and what they see in you is what the behavior that they're going to mimic Yes. So if you want to instill values in your children, you have to live those values. Don't just preach them. Show them by doing. Show them by giving. Show them by how you treat others. So when you're in a restaurant or a store and you give somebody else a coupon or you let them go in front of you in line because they only have a few items, this sends a very strong message to your children in terms of what acceptable behavior is and the proper way to act toward others. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you an interesting story. When my daughter was about... I think she was five, maybe. We were pulling out of a um, shopping center, and, oh, no, we were in a hardware store, and a mom ran in, and she was very distraught. She says, I locked my baby in the car, and she was completely distraught, and they said, we'll call the police. Well, the police didn't come right away, so I could feel her pain. I was with my daughter. I went to the car. I said, it's going to be okay, and I stayed with her. And my daughter couldn't believe it. And I, I said, no, we're going to wait. And the, the mom was really panicked. And I said, you know what? They haven't come yet. We're, I'm going to call the police again. So the fire department came. And the baby starts crying. It was probably well, maybe like a two-year-old. And the mom's very upset. And I waited and waited. And they, they ended up prying open the back of the car and, you know, getting the child out. And the child was just scared. It wasn't hot or anything. And the mom comes up to me, and I think it was Mother's Day the next day, and she 
starts crying. She says, thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day. And she burst into tears. And then that made me cry. <laughs> and my daughter, she didn't know what was going on. She's like, why are you crying? I said, because look what happened. And she thought I was like a superhero. And all I did was stay with this woman because I felt so bad. You know? And that's exactly what we've been talking about. It's those, what we think is a small gesture, but to her it meant the world. Yeah. Because if you weren't there with her, yeah. In her mind, she was all alone. Yeah. Now, she may have had other kids, a husband, friends, other family, but right there at that moment in time, she was alone. She was all alone, yes. And yes. you stayed with her. Mm-hmm. Now, you couldn't open the car for her, but you could reassure her. And she knew that she had someone there that was helping her. And the difference that made, not only in her day, but I bet this is something that she'll never forget for the rest of her life, the kindness of a stranger mm-hmm. in her time of need when her child was locked in the car. And there's no way that we can understand exactly how much you did for that woman. She said thank you, but to her, it was priceless. Oh, she she hugged me. I got out of the car, and we hugged, and she just started crying, and I cried. And it's because, you you know, I had such empathy as a mom um, and I said, it's going to be okay. She's not hot. She's just scared. They're going to be here soon. And, um, yeah, she, we just needed to kill time by talking it through while, while we waited, you know. So exactly. I'd want someone to do that for me. Exactly. And when people are, are suffering and if they, from a minor problem to maybe a, a perhaps, a, you know, a major loss in life, just being and saying, I'm here for you if there's anything you need. Yes. Uh, you may not realize how much you're doing for the other person, but you really are. And, and it's one of the best things we can do as you know, one human being to another. Yes. How did you get so uh, involved in you know, why people succeed while others struggle and fail, this whole you know, concept? How did, you, how did this become your focus? Well, let me just things? give you a little of my background for your readers as well. Is, uh, I'm the author of a book called Dare to Live Without Limits, mm-hmm. which is motivational self-development, talking about many of the same topics that, that we're speaking about today. And in addition to that, I, I also write a uh, weekly newspaper column, which is you know, syndicated around the country. But how I got started was throughout my entire life, I was always finding that I was doing things that other people said that, you know, you know I didn't have enough knowledge or I had enough experience or I shouldn't be able to do. And as, as I grew up and, you know, graduated from, even through college and graduated from college, and I would try to share things that I discovered with, with friends of mine, and lots of, many times, I would show them something that I've done, but yet they would give me all the reasons why they couldn't do it. Okay, time out for a minute. With a world filled with negative people, how did you decide you weren't going to listen to all this nonsense? That's, that's, a, that's a great question. The reason I decided was because... When I listened to other people, they were just telling me what I couldn't do. Awful. And what I wanted to focus on in my life is what I could do. That's great. And that's really the essence of it. And then as I went through and I discovered there's actually a whole uh, field of study behind this. It's, it wasn't just me. It's many people, and I didn't discover anything brand new. But in the essence of what determines success versus failure is the only thing that matters in someone's life is their attitude. That's right. That's the only thing that determines success versus failure. There is nothing else. With the right attitude, people have done things where they had no education, they had no financial backing, they had nothing. Everything they had was against them. Yet they believed they could, and they had a burning desire. And conversely, there are people that are handed life on a silver platter, 
and yet they they turn it into you know, to basically a cesspool. Um, wait, wait, and I have to interrupt. Look at all these high-paid actors and actresses making, you know, $300,000 an episode or something. And <laughs> and the, it's so awful. I mean, they just pollute themselves in so many different ways, drinking, drugs, and they're just, they're a wreck. And they have all this money. And you would think, oh, they'd be, you know, so thankful and happy, but it doesn't mean anything. It's a perfect, it's a perfect lesson that it's not money mm-hmm. that makes someone happy. And conversely, it's not money that makes them unhappy. Yes. Because we can see people, and I know personal examples, of people that are living right at the poverty level, or so we think. And that these are people that are never sad, they're never unhappy, they always have a smile. If you ask them for some help, they're always there for you. And you never hear them complain. Mm-hmm. And yet there are people that we think, they'll look at these people, they're so successful. And yet if you look at them, there's nothing going right in their life. And the difference between these two types of people is their attitude, it's their outlook. It's how they see themselves. It's how they see the world around them. Right. And e- even if we look at students in school, who are the best students? Are they the ones that have the highest IQ? No, they're not. No. The best students are the ones, typically, where learning doesn't come easy to them, where they have to work really hard. But they know they have to do that, and they are, and they are determined to get a goal accomplished in their life, and so they work harder than anybody else. And these are the people that become the valedictorians, that become the tops in their class. Well, we have to take a break, Brian, but I just want to also interject that I would rather have my kids be more well-rounded than be a straight-A student and be doing, you know, basketball and other things and have other interests than be so stressed and focused on hitting straight-A's. I'd rather have them be happy and do the best they can do. Let's touch on that once we come back. Okay. We're talking with Brian Golden. We're going to take a short break. I'm your host, Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about the show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. Hey, Billy. Yeah? Do you want to go to the state fair? Yeah. Do you want to ride the roller coaster? Yeah. The big one? Yeah. The one with the reverse flip? (gasps) Yeah! Well, you can't. You see, Billy, when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have done with it, including going to the state fair. Oh, man. Cheer up. This year, your parents will make it right. They're going to visit energysavers.gov where they'll get tips on how to save energy and money. Then they'll add extra insulation and get a few of those Energy Star appliances. They could save hundreds of dollars a year. And you know what, Billy? What? They'll take you to the state fair (gasps) next year. But I want to go this year. I know you do, Billy. I know you do. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Gas prices have been going up a lot lately, and they'll probably continue to. KUCI offers a few tips to help curb this burden. First, if you live close to your school or work, consider riding a bike. It's healthier for you and for the environment, and it can actually be a lot of fun. If that won't work for you, we recommend that you make sure your vehicle is as empty as possible. In other words, don't keep junk in your trunk. Any unnecessary weight can have a huge impact on your mileage over the long run. So considering the skyrocketing cost of gas, 
It's a great time to break the four-wheel habit. You'll get great exercise, increase your energy, and elevate your overall mood. Plus, it's great for the environment. And you'll never have to worry about getting stuck in traffic again and have a great parking spot. Eat some breakfast. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Feels good. In the morning. Ooh. In the morning, every morning, mm, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Eat a banana. Okay, okay, eat your breakfast every morning. I have to say that is good advice. You could be in a funk if you don't eat your breakfast. It throws off everything. I know some people say, I don't like to eat in the morning, but it definitely uh, helps your metabolism and wakes you up. And stay away from the donuts. I used to do a lot of coffee and donuts. That is the worst thing to do. All right, we are back with Brian Golden. Hi, Brian. Hi, Janine. How are you doing? Good, good. So thanks for coming on the show today. And I uh, want to talk about how did you start off, you know, doing your column years ago? Um, one of the things that, as I was mentioning last segment, that always fascinated me was why it is that some people are successful and others aren't. And one of the reasons I started my column is, I wanted to share all of the principles that I had discovered and that I found made a big difference in my life. Because I felt if more people understand this and it gets them on the right track to being able to accomplish what they want in their life, then so many people would be able to improve their life, their quality of life, the things they accomplished, the quality of their uh, interactions with others. So that's how I started. I started with just uh, writing one column. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was back in uh, 2002. And today I'm up to over 400 columns. I write one a week. That's fantastic. And, uh, and if people want to see some of my columns, they can visit, visit my website, which is daretolivewithoutlimits.com. And on my website, also every week I post a different motivational minute that people can go and listen to, and they can read my columns, and I've got some other motivational videos out there as well. Okay. We're talking with Brian Golden, and uh, you're also a website, BrianGolden.com, right? No, no it's, it's actually there, too. There's um, uh, BrianGolden.com, that's B-R-Y-A-N-G-O-L-D-E-N.com, or also the other one is DareToLiveWithoutLimits.com. Okay. Tell me about that book. How did that come about? Well, the book was basically I've been writing my column for a number of years, and I decided to take the concepts that I was writing about and package it together in a book. And one of the things that, that I know that are pet peeves of mine is sometimes you just don't have enough time to read a lot. Mm-hmm. Or you might read something and not be really sure what the author's talking about. And those were two things that I wanted to address uh, in the creation and the, the design of my book. So my book is set up to talk about really practical things, such as um, change your life by changing your thinking, how to set and achieve goals, squeezing the most out of each day, avoiding burnout, overcoming fear, becoming self-reliant, are some of the many topics that, uh, that I cover. Mm-hmm. And the book is written so that people can open it up, uh, basically read one topic. It takes about five, ten minutes. The chapters are very short. They can read it in any order. So it's perfect for that person that doesn't have a lot of time to read. And everything I write is in plain English. It's easy to understand. There's no jargon. It's just simple concepts and how to apply it to your life. That's good. Very relatable. I like that. So let's talk about more of this holiday season because 
you know, you flip on the TV and it's commercial after commercial, buy this, you'll be happier if you have that. What are some things people can do to, you know, let's say people don't have a lot of money. And we talked earlier in the first segment, but what are some things people can do to give back to those they love? And, but, you know, they don't want to throw a ton of money out there. Well, if your budget's limited, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What does matter is that whatever gift you give is thoughtful. Think about what the other person likes, what they need, um, things that will help them out. Mm-hmm. And look for something. There are so many things out there, and they're not expensive. And the most important thing is when you give something to someone, is they say, gee, you know, I really appreciate this. This is something really cool. How do you know I might like something like this? So that's what says the message that, you know, I care about you. Right. One right. of the things during the holidays that I'm not a big fan of is when someone gives someone else a list. Oh, here are the things I'd like. <laughs> I know. To me, that's a shopping list. I know. Just write them a check. I know. <laughs> that's, that's not what embodies, I think, what the spirit of the holidays and all year should that's be. That's not really warm and fuzzy, is it? <laughs> it is not. And, and it's another one of the things that I just, I just can't relate to, and I've never done that myself. I've never asked someone, what is it you want for mm-hmm. Christmas or Hanukkah or for your birthday? Mm-hmm. I want to think about it. I want to use you know, my experience with the person to lead me to buy something that I think that they'll really enjoy. It's kind of funny. Then they put on their acting skills like, oh, you shouldn't have. How did you know? You know I mean, come on. Exactly. You, gave, you gave me a list. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. So again, it's not it's not the expense that's significant. It's the amount of effort that you put in to selecting something that's meaningful. You know what's really nice to do um, if it's for a family member is maybe a collage of pictures. Um, you know, do your own kind of photo album, something creative. It's like my husband always says, "I'd rather have you make me a card than buy me a card," and it's very true because you can throw in your own little pictures and whatever you want to say and make it very, very clever, and it's more meaningful. It could be a card, it could be a collage, it could be a video. Mm. It can be any combination thereof. When you use your own time to make something that's a real family keepsake, I mean, that's priceless. You know, people yes. will keep that forever. Yes. And, uh, or having kids sing some songs, recording that. And even that's something that you can, you know, we talked about using computers. Well, here's a good way to use a computer, bring a smile to someone's face, is, you know, email them some songs that your, your, kid, your kid sang. Mm-hmm. And that's something that that's very few people one. do, but it's always cool. That's a great one. You could actually uh, get me thinking now. You could make some kind of uh, slideshow. I have family on the East Coast. Make a slideshow with pictures and have the kids sing some songs and be silly or whatever, you know, narrate it. I mean, there's free software out there to put movies together mm-hmm. or slideshows, and it's, it's a zero-expense item if people are worried about that. And then you're exactly right. You can just email it to them, and they can play that. It's something that they'll, they'll keep forever. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. How do you stay, stay uh, out of a funk this holiday season? You a big well, exerciser, or what do you do? I do a lot of different things. I am a big proponent of exercise. I, I, I like doing that, and I think that's an important part of, uh, of anyone's life. But the thing that I find is most useful, as we discussed earlier, is really that attitude of gratitude. Because I'm, as much as I'm a motivational specialist, so to speak, I still have off days. Mm-hmm. So to re- think that you can achieve 100% um, happiness is, I mean, it's a great goal, but real life interferes with that. So just really maintaining an appreciation 
on a daily basis for all the good things in your life. I think that's probably one of one of the most important and one of the most effective things that that I do. And also appreciating all the people that are in your life and they care about you. I have a question for you. What if you had um, a child and they weren't doing well academically, they were in a funk? I'm just throwing this out there. I'm curious what you have to say. And you want to keep their spirits up. You know, they feel like a failure. They're having a tough time uh, in junior high school. What, what do you do? Well, the first thing is to find out why is it they're struggling academically. Mm-hmm. Is it a question of their ability? Is it having something to do with other people in school? Is it due to bullying? Because, um, you know, different sort, you know, different causes have required different strategies. Um, maybe school is not that interesting to them. But the bottom line is, I think we, we touched on this a little bit before the break, is that a straight-A student, you know, is, is not a ticket to success. Uh, neither is someone who is a mediocre student, you know, a guarantee of failure. What determines someone's success is how well-equipped they are to deal with life and deal with problems and find solutions and deal with challenges that they have to face. And schooling and education is important, and I think it does instill certain work ethics and habits in in students. But if someone is not doing well in school, we have to understand why. And then once we know why, we can then further address what strategy do we need to use uh, to help them. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. You know, I I, uh, heard this great thing that positive reinforcement should be like an Oreo. First, you tell somebody something great they did. Then you give them the constructive feedback. Don't come banging down on them. But, you know, you know what would be good if you could try to work on this area and here's why, and but not sound like such a heavy. And then wrap it up with the other half of the cookie, which is positive. Exactly. And one of the things we should do with our kids especially is make sure that we're always praising them and, and showing that we acknowledge all the good things they do. Mm-hmm. And not just coming down on them when they make a mistake. Because otherwise, they don't have that positive reinforcement. And we want people to grow up not because of avoidance of pain, but because they're seeking to do things, you know, in a way that makes sense and a way that's going to lead them to success. Yes. And even in the work environment, we see this because I know when I, when I teach, you know, college classes, I'll say to people, how many people have had a boss that the only time you hear from them is when something goes wrong? <laughs> and inevitably, almost everyone raises their hand. So when we're raising kids, let them know all of the things that they're doing right. Mm-hmm. Positive motivation is so much more effective than, you know, motivation because of avoidance of pain or fear. Let me ask you this. As a teacher, and I tell my daughter this, if she doesn't do well in a test, I'll ask, how did everybody else do? And sometimes she'll say, well, they didn't do well either. Who do you think is to blame for the poor performance of the kids in the classroom? Well, the classroom, there's several facets that are going on. It's the, parent, it's the kids, mm-hmm. the, the teachers, and the parents. Mm-hmm. Now, there are teachers that are better than others. Some teachers are fantastic. Other teachers are abysmal. Right. One of the things to ask a student if they didn't do well in a test Mm -hmm. is, why do you think you didn't do well? Mm -hmm. Now, it might be, you know, I didn't really study for this one. It could be, I didn't understand the material. It could be, I didn't know this was going to be on the test. So it's interesting to have the student answer that question. Yes. And then once we understand what went wrong, now we can correct it. Yes. The reason I ask is because there was a time my daughter, she's a great student, she didn't do well. And she said, nobody else really did well. And I said, well, 
It might also be the way the subject matter is taught or it's just too difficult a level for the kids. I mean, there's always, there's usually a reason. If you put in the effort and you try, but you're still not getting it. I know when I was younger, you might be able to agree with this, the way history was taught was awful. I mean, I'd, it was just like read this boring textbook and take the test or go to a lecture. It was awful. I never learned anything. And now, you know, times are very different the way they teach things. But just sometimes... Um, I want my daughter to understand it's not always her or, you know, maybe it's the way, you know, we also have different types of intelligence. We can't always be the best at everything. So go go easy on yourself, you know. Right. Well, here's one thing, though. By saying, well, how did everyone else do Mm -hmm. on there? So let's say it's a situation where everyone else did really well. Well, does that make the child feel even worse? Or let's say no one else did that well. Well, we don't know why. And what really matters is that the reason I don't like that type of comparison yes. is because we're, we're teaching the children to always rate themselves against other people. Right. And I think it's, it's, it's more constructive to have the children rate themselves against themselves. Do you think that you could have done better? Yes. Do you think that there's something else you could have done that would have gotten you a higher grade? Because you could have a, a room full of students and everyone's goofing off. That's right. That's so right. everyone's going to do a poor, get a poor grade, but that's not justification for your child to get a poor grade. That's right. That's right. I always say, you know, do you think you could have tried harder? And a lot of times it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> not, exactly. Not always, I mean, but, you know, yeah. Anyway, would you offer any last bit of advice for people that uh, are dealing, you know, they've been out of work or um, they're hoping 2013 is going to be the best ever? Any bit of advice on uh, Absolutely. First of all, every problem has a solution. And successful people become experts at finding solutions to the problems. So it doesn't matter what challenge someone has. They have to get creative. They have to don't blame anyone else. Don't blame circumstances. Whatever situation you have to deal with, it's up to you to figure out a solution. So if someone's out of work, it might mean changing careers. It might mean starting our own business. It might mean getting additional skills. But there is a solution to every problem. And it's sometimes it's hard to find, and sometimes we get to get consumed with stress and anxiety. But the way that we become successful is by understanding that everybody has the power within themselves to make their life the way they want it to be. And if something isn't going the way they want, then they are the only one that can make a change. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And do you have hobbies, Brian? Do you have certain things that drive you? Um, things I like to do is I, I like to do... Um, um, physical things. I like exercise. I like boating, sailing. I find very relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like spending my free time outside. To me, that's uh, that's a real joy. Yes. Um, and it is important, though, to have something that you enjoy. And a perfect life is that the thing that you're being paid for you enjoy anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is important. And we did touch on exercise. And someone doesn't have to be a gym rat, you know, to get exercise. Really, just walking is, right. is, is a great physical outlet. But I think it is important that people have in, in their lives things that they truly enjoy. And it sometimes might be your, your situation at work isn't, isn't ideal. It might not be the thing that you love the most. But, you know, after your eight hours of work, you know, turn it off. Don't bring it home with you. Right. Switch gears. Do something that's fun. Spend time with your family. And, and certainly don't, don't allow stress from one situation to uh, infiltrate and pollute other areas of your life. And I always say it's never too late to do something you've always wanted to do. So if there's something you've always wanted to try to do, 
you're just thinking, oh, I could never do it. Or maybe somebody's saying, you're not going to be able to do that. That's so not you. Just go for it. Exactly. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Because you know what's going to happen if you don't do it? Nothing. Exactly. And the other thing that people need to remember is they're never going to be as young as they are today. So for people to say, I'm too old, I'm too young, it's totally irrelevant. That's right. You are where you are, and if there's something you want to do, start doing it because, you know, we've got one life. Don't live it like it's a practice run. Don't waste time because time goes by faster every year, as we all know. So reach out and do those things, especially those things that you've been putting off because you think you can't do it, you shouldn't do it. Uh, if there's something in your, in your heart and your mind that you'd really love to do, this is a great time to start doing it. I love it. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Jane, my pleasure, and thank you so much for having me, and happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and wonderful New Year to you and your thank family you. and all of your listeners. Thank you. Throw out your website one more time. My website is daretolivewithoutlimits.com, and the name of my book is Dare to Live Without Limits. Great. Happy holidays. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. And uh, this, this will be up on my blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, if you've missed any part of it. We've been talking with Brian Golden. Thanks again, Brian. Thank you, Janine. Bye-bye. Up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. He's ready to rock in here. And uh, if, again, if you missed any part of it, it'll be up on my blog in a little bit. And if you w- would like to be a guest on my show, it's very easy. Send an email to Janine, that's J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at K-U-C-I dot org. That's J-A-N-E-A-N-E at K-U-C-I dot org. And I will be back here next Monday. Have a great Monday, everybody. Every day, our gas-guzzling cars, buses, and trucks spew tons of pollutants into the air we breathe, and it's making us sick. Air pollution has been linked to asthma, lung cancer, and even premature death. The American Lung Association is encouraging everyone to help protect the air you breathe by taking steps to improve air quality. Transportation is the single largest source of air pollution. Drive less and walk, bike, carpool, or take the bus or train whenever possible. Make your next vehicle a cleaner fuel vehicle and support efforts to reduce air pollution. For more air pollution solutions, call 1-800-LUNG-USA to automatically reach your local American Lung Association or visit www.californialung.org. Wow, yeah, since the storm, it's been crazy busy for us. We got all kinds of office desks coming in. Now here's a, it's a fancy one right here. It's missing a leg, but that's all right, whatever. Washers and dryers from a laundromat. Oh, wow, check this out. Another deep fryer. And I'm not sure what this doohickey is. Yeah, most businesses weren't ready for a storm like that, you know. But our work's really piling up here at Roberts and Son Salvage. What will become of your business after a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency. And 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council.